A year ago, COVID-19 changed everything, the whole game for people who eat out and own restaurants. Tonight, you're going to hear from two restaurateurs. You're going to want to hear their stories. You speak, we listen. Conversations connecting people. This is The Chuck Williams Show. Welcome to the third edition of the Chuck Williams Show. They have not canceled me yet. Uh, tonight, we may find out if we do get canceled. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, we, have, we are very fortunate tonight. I'm, I'm a reporter here at WRBL, and this is a podcast that we have started doing on a weekly basis. But tonight, we're going to talk about a topic. And we've got here with us two Columbus restaurateurs. We've got Trevor Morris and Stephanie Woodham. Trevor and Stephanie own are owners in a number of restaurants here in town. And we're going to talk about COVID-19 and other things. But we're less than a week from the anniversary of the when of March 13, 2020, when it literally hit us all in the face. Stephanie, we'll start with you. Tell me a little bit about your businesses and who you are. Yeah, so my name is Stephanie Woodham, and I am a partner at Smoke Bourbon and Barbecue, The Black Cow, and Vertigo Fusion Kitchen. And Trevor, tell us a little bit about you and, where you, and your restaurants. Uh, my name is Trevor Morris. I own Trevioli. Um on Blackman Road, I'm a partner in the one downtown on Front Avenue. Is let's go ahead and go and let's just start March thirteenth, twenty twenty. Trevor, when you hear that date, what do you, what comes to your mind? Uh, was that a Saturday night? I think uh, I was I was at home and um, got a phone call from my manager, and she said, hey, the police showed up and said, when you guys close it down tonight, you're closed. No more people in the doors, which was a little scary. Um, and it, at the time, I didn't really understand, like, what did, what did I do? You know, we've always tried to be kind of community-oriented, <laughs> right? Uh, but it was something that was much bigger than us. Um, and it was COVID, and it was... Um, Someone made this decision. I don't remember who it was, but uh, so from that day, my little restaurant changed in a big way. I mean, we were doing 2% takeout sales at the time, so, uh, but they didn't even tell us then that we could continue to do takeout. It was just, hey, you're closed. So, you know, you had all of the stages of grief. Right. Um, first, I was mad. I don't know. I don't know all the stages, but I was mad first. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where it generally starts. Yeah. Um, and then then I was depressed, you know. Um, but uh, and then hopeful, and I had to make the decision eventually that I just needed to continue to be hopeful. Uh, so, anyways, March thirteenth for you, Stephanie. So. I'm not really a news watcher, um, but I actually started watching the news and the press conferences about March 10th, um, and I don't remember exactly the date, uh, but I remember very vividly in my mind watching the press conference with President Trump 
and um, you know they were talking about what COVID was going to do in the U.S. and how everybody was going to handle it. And there was a couple of different news reporters that were just itching at the restaurant business. And I was watching the press conference. And he evaded the first couple of questions from the news reporters. Um, And then finally, the third news reporter said, President Trump, yesterday you said that it was okay to go out to restaurants. Do you still feel that way today? And he just looked at her and was like, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. And as soon as he said that, I called my business partner and I was like, they're about to shut us down. And she was like, you have to know my business partner. She's very like, was not like, did not want to hear that. She was like, no, that's not going to happen. We just have to think positive. Everything's going to be fine. And I was like, no, ma'am, I'm telling you right now, they are about to shut our restaurants down. We're not going to be able to be in business anymore. And we have got to figure out, we've got to pivot. We've got to start pivoting. So she was like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, meet me at Vertigo, which was our newest restaurant. It had only been open for about six months. And there was a couch <clears throat> sitting at the front window, and we sat there, and I said, we need to have online ordering. We need to be ready to go with anything that has to do with germs and viruses, and we've got to start figuring this out. And, of course, it was either a day or two later they came in and they shut us down. And luckily, we were on the front end of it. Uh, We have three restaurants together. Two of those, we had already went into a different point-of-sale system, which was Toast, Shout out to Toast. Uh, It was very easy for us to go in and add online ordering and then, you know, add it to our website and things like that. That was amazing for us to be able to do that for takeout because calling in and having the phone rings and, you know, I don't know, Trevor, if you have it or not, but we don't have a very sophisticated phone system at any of our restaurants. It's basically just like a one line, you know. We use cell phones. (laughs) Yeah, and we use cell phones. So... Um, Being able to, you know, plan that, you know, pivot, get in. I I tell everybody fight or flight. I think we were in fight or flight mode for probably the first three months. When this happened, when everything in your industry, everything that you knew, you've been in the restaurant industry for how long, Stephanie? You were a bartender? uh, Well, oh, no, I've waited tables and been a bartender. I bartended my way through college and um, waited tables, you know, in high school. So I've been in the restaurant, on one side of the restaurant industry since I was, you know, 16, 17 years old. Uh, But I've only been in ownership, which is completely different (laughs) than being on the other side um, for about seven years now. How long have you been in restaurant business, Trevor? 20 years. 20 years? 20 years. uh, Started when I was 16. Um, and I've been in ownership for what, eight years now, I think. Did anything <clears throat> prepare the two of y'all for what happened? Was there anything you could draw on and say, okay, well, this was kind of like that, or this was kind of like this? You want to take that one? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I can take that is because I have a PR degree. So crisis communication, crisis, crisis, crisis. Was this a crisis? This was very, 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 very much a crisis in the restaurant. I mean, in every industry. I mean, the whole world's in a crisis, clearly. So (coughs) I do believe that my experience and my knowledge for crisis PR allowed me to accept it and plan for it and deal with it the best that I could. 
every day. I mean, it's not like just March 13th was something that happened, you know, and then you had a resolution and you were done because it was just pivot, 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 pivot. You're not done yet. (laughs) No, we're still not done. I mean, we're, we're kind of coming out of it now, I, I hope and pray, and I feel it in my heart that we're coming out of it, but again, coming out of it is like climbing out of a dark hole. You don't know where to land or where to go, and you're trying to keep your customers happy at the same time that, you know, you don't want them to understand the restaurant business because that's not what they're there to do, but they're coming in, and they're watching to-go orders go out faster than they're getting their dine-in orders, and they're upset, and we're trying to deal with them, and staffing and yes we're still not out of it anything prepare you for this i mean you're a survivor you're a fighter i mean i had a rough childhood yeah (laughs) Yeah. but i mean Um, but but uh i don't know not for for pandemic i mean this is all i know how to do you know and there were days where it was like this doesn't work out you know um I took a job for a little while around Christmas time uh, doing um, construction for a guy that I know. Uh, and I have a funny story. Um, During this pandemic, you worked construction uh, for, for a while? Yeah, for, I don't know, about six weeks. Uh, because it was like, when's the restaurant business going to come back? And are we going to survive? You know, it's, it's uh, <clears throat> the bills don't change. You know, it's just now you're doing 30% of your sales. So rent's still the same, power's the same, you know, labor goes up and down. Uh, and uh, there was a, a, a small amount of time where we actually did make money last year when we were shut down because it was just me and the wife there doing takeout orders, you know, no staff. Um, but that's really hard when you're the business owner and you don't have any work for your staff to do, you know. Um, luckily, they had the, <coughs> you know, the COVID unemployment stuff going on, and then it was hard to get them to come back. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, um, but yeah, I did a little construction, um, and I actually uh, was doing some uh, some tile in this guy's house, and and uh, super nice guy named Brad Baker. And Brad goes, you look familiar. Don't I know you somewhere? And I was like, no, sir, you do not know me. And he said, don't, don't you own a restaurant? And I was like, yeah. He said, why aren't you at work? I said, ain't a lot of work. And um, anyways, Brad was like, I want you to come cook at my house one night. So we set it up and uh, came over to the house. It was like him and his wife and or friends. And I saw a Facebook post. From yeah, he said, I'm going to put this on Facebook. <clears throat> well, after we did that, I got four or five more calls to do more. You know, that paid for Christmas. That was a blessing. I was I was blown away by that. What? Oh, man, y'all are going to make me cry. This <laughs> is fair. Um, uh, Trevor, what did you learn about yourself in this I have a lot more faith than I give myself credit for, you know. Um, I've had to defeat odds 
And uh, there were times when it was like, that's all you got. You got faith. You can take it or leave it, you know. And, and yeah, it was scary. It was scary the whole time. And it was, you know, for us, always having that something's not right feeling. You know, why do I have 120 seats? And most of them are useless. There's something not right here. And I think it's because you spend two decades doing this. And, and all of a sudden it's just gone, you know. Um, so we're, we're just kind of learning how to get back to that. And it's kind of like learning how to walk again. Very much. <coughs> what have you learned about yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, my dad always told me I was a survivor, and it's definitely, you know, it's one of those things that you fall asleep every night going, you're a survivor. You can get up, you can do it. You can get up, you can do it. Just keep going. You know, I mean, it's um, owning small businesses like this, uh, any small business, especially restaurants, you know, it's not just about you and your family. It's about everyone that you employ and their families as well. So, you know, at the very beginning, it was, what are we going to do? We had three spots, and we had to make a decision to shut down one. I mean, we laid off 88 employees. 88. Uh, how many? Uh, we probably had a little, little close to 100, um, and just, <laughs> you know, as bad as I hate to admit it, you know, you go through this list and you're like, okay, this is a single mom. She has this. If she doesn't have this income, she's not going to be able to feed her children. If she has this, she can't do this. You know, you, you know, it's about their loyalty. It's about their tenure. It's about, you know, it's about more than you. Those had to be gut-wrenching decisions. It was the worst time of my entire existence having to look at someone that had a family to take care of at home and you don't have any work for them. You don't have any work. And nobody else has any work in their profession either. It's not there. We've seen a lot of people jumping ship. How did y'all not just sit in the bars in your restaurants <laughs> and finish everything off one night? Mean, I'm not saying I didn't struggle with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I had two children at the same time that yeah. were, God bless every teacher in America. I can tell you that. <laughs> as sad as my story is, God bless the teachers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're trying to pivot and turn and figure out how they're going to educate our future. <laughs> you know, um, and they're sending out emails and, you know, nobody really knew what to do. I mean, at, at one point in the restaurants, I, I would bring both of my children with me, my fourth grader and my seventh grader at the time, and they would be laid out in a sleeping bag on a booth <laughs> in the restaurant with their computer, you know, because education's important as well, right? You know, family comes first, but it's kind of like, okay, does family come first or I have to feed the family? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. you know, you're just trying to figure out what's most important, really. That, you know, that's fascinating because 
while you were losing everything, you were picking up the responsibilities of educating being your children. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. funny. I tell a story. Uh, one of my very dear friends posted in the middle of all of it, and she meant very well. She meant very well. She posted an article on how to make your children treat you like you're their teacher. And I just responded back. I did not even think about it on Facebook. And I said, that's the problem. I do not want my children to treat me like I'm their teacher. (laughs) I do not. My little sister's a teacher and I commend her and I love her. She's one of the best teachers in my personal opinion ever. Uh, But I have no desire to do that. And at, you know, and I finally, after about, you know, a month or two into it, I just sent the school an email and I was like, listen, (laughs) this is not working out. You know, I mean, we own three restaurants, and we're doing everything that we can to survive, and we're just going to have to, I need to take a break, and then let me figure out how I'm going to educate them. You know, I mean, because nobody knew what was going on. What grades were your kid, or your kid, were your kids in last year? Uh, my daughter, Crawford, was in the fourth, and my son, Jasper, was in the seventh. So it's not, you know, I, I mean, mean, seventh grade math to me is like a whole other ballgame. I don't know about you. I was yeah. like, you know. You know, it's not something that I can sit there and point out and say, okay, sit there and do that. And their maturity level was also not, oh, okay, sure. I'm just going to sit here and do my work today. Didn't happen that way, did it? (laughs) It did not happen that way. Talk a little bit about the business. I want to shift back a little bit. And, you know, I know because me and my wife have been customers of both of your restaurants over the years a lot. Um, And we used to go there a lot. And, we were looking at our budget the other day, and you can look at what we spent on restaurants in 2019. And it was a, it was a side. We were like a lot of Columbus. We like to eat out a lot. This is an eating out town. And then you look at what we did last year, and the we we would do takeout from both your pizzas. Great, Trevor. I love your pizza. Absolutely, and your bowls are really good, Stephanie. I've became staples when we did the takeout. But if you look, we spent way more money in the grocery store than we did in restaurants. It almost flipped in 2020. Is does that go with what y'all saw too? People that were people started rather than eating out, started cooking, or started, you know, not going to restaurants. Clearly. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we, we tried to do a, a Hello Fresh version of Trevioli, you know. Um, here, we got it all packed up. Just come get it. And here's some instructions. And I made a video, right? Uh, how did that do? How'd that do? Terrible. <laughs> terrible. Uh, but I did have one, one uh, customer call me who did get it. Um, and, he, and this was months later. He, he got it, you know, and, and uh, months later he went to eat at one of the restaurants, and he said, you know, it just, <clears throat> I hate to be that customer, <laughs> but, but I, I bought the kit, I made this at home, I watched your video, it was awesome, right, and now I'm heating in the restaurant, and, and it's just not the same. <laughs> which, which, which pre-COVID is like your main goal. Yes. <laughs> right? So I was like, you know, everyone, Everyone cooks their own way. I mean, someone can steal your recipe, but they ain't you. Right. You know, it's going to taste different in your house than it tastes at the restaurant. You know, he said, okay, well, are you going to bring those back? (laughs) But both of y'all are people, people, clearly. When 
your customers, particularly your regulars, are a lot like family, aren't they? And it was like part of your family was gone, right? Yeah, so I can tell you that there were some very, very, very moving moments at the very beginning as well. Absolutely. You know, I mean, we, you know, we had a couple of times that people would just open up the door of one of the restaurants and look for a server and just hand the server a $100 bill. They wouldn't order food. They didn't do anything. They just, you know... That's one thing about our Columbus, Georgia community that I can tell you is they um, they really showed up. You know, they were, you know, they, I had, I talked to a couple of customers that they had their whole map of which locally owned and operated restaurant that they ate from every single night, you know. Um, but that fades away, you know. I mean, everybody comes in, they show up. It kind of happens like with a death, like you even mentioned Absolutely. it, you know, like <clears throat> a grieving point. Everybody shows up, everything's great. You know, you get all the goods and feels after it. Everybody's tipping like, you know, 30, 40, 50% on a to-go order. And now, I don't know if it's like this for you, but in our spots, we're having a hard time because we have, we're doing about 30% to-go orders. So you have to have one person dedicated to that and nobody's tipping on to-go orders anymore. You know, and that's kind of like a lost thought. So now we're struggling with how that portion of the restaurant industry works is how to handle the to-go orders and how to put a server on a to-go shift whenever they don't want to be on the to-go shift because they're not making the tips that they typically would. And, and servers, let's get one thing straight. Servers do not make two thirteen an hour. They make 30 to $50 an hour. Correct. So when you say, hey, I want you to go do a to-go shift at $8 an hour plus tips, they laugh at you. Yeah. Um, It's a profession. Why am I going to do that? You know, um, granted, it depends on the venue that they're in, right? Um, But I think the national average is about 13 bucks for for servers. But, you know, you have places. and, And over the past year, you know, I've gotten servers that, you know, someone left me a hundred bucks, someone left me a hundred bucks, someone, you know, um, or they tipped the bill, you know, uh, and, and it was, um, and tip the bill at Trevioli's downtown or Trevioli's <laughs> is a pretty, if you got a table of four, that's a, that's a pretty good tip. Right. <clears throat> it is. I mean, it's, it's, we, we keep servers, you know, um, it, it's, it's a, it's a family restaurant, you know, it, um, the customers, the, the the guests are amazing, you know, and it's it's always been a feel good thing, and we've always tried to like get commu- involved in the community, you know. When when we were first lo- shut down, we did a um, an event where if you bought a meal for the nurses, we would match that meal, right? Like a family meal, they serve six eight people, right? Um, the whole community came out for that. It was awesome, right? Um, and it lasted. You know, what, four weeks or six weeks or something, and then it stopped. And you know, for us, um, you're buying like six chicken alfredos for forty bucks, right? So uh, then we're we're matching that. 
So we're giving you 12 chicken alfredos for 40 bucks. And you're feeding the nurses in the COVID yeah. floor at yeah. Piedmont. And it was a great way. feeling, but, you know, we were <laughs> we were losing a lot of money. And I'm the first guy that'll, that will lose so much money to feel good. You know what I mean? Uh, I totally will. Uh, but um, but it, it, it's... And so you, you try to keep doing stuff like that. Who can we support? What can we do now? What can we do now? You know, um, and, but it fades after a while, you know. L- luckily for us, at some point, Tesis called and said, can you feed 300 people next Thursday twice? And I was like, yes. And they said, okay, we need you to do it for much, much less than, you know, than you normally do. And I said, we'll... T- We'll do it. Um, and they said it needs to be all COVID-friendly, all individually packaged. And I said, we'll still do it. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, so part of it was just give us purpose. You know, this is, this is what we do. This is all we want to do in life. It's all we know how to do in life, right? So and as long as we can get up and put our boots on every morning and there's something to do and we're going to survive at this, Maybe not get rich, but stay alive. Um, we'll do it, you know. Um, and I've said a million times, we didn't get into this to get rich. Just wanted to. It's what we do. You didn't get in for a pandemic either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't. No. I know you have done the stuff with Thesis and some of the stuff. Your restaurants have been involved with BWP Cares, right. and that's a little different animal. And tell me a little bit about how that sustained y'all a little bit through this. So BWP Cares is a fun story for me. Um, one of my <coughs> dear friends um, that our children went to school together at St. Luke um, she calls, she has this huge heart, you know, and don't forget, this is Stephanie in fight or flight, right? I'm still trying to figure out how and this to, is Brooke, this is Brooke Pete. Brooke Pete, yes. Okay. Uh, and I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to be able to feed my family, you know, um, months down the road. And she's like, Hey, I was just calling. I wanted to see if y'all would donate some meals to the healthcare workers, <laughs> And, you know, again, Stephanie in fight or flight is completely different. Stephanie, you know, on any other day, any other day I would have said, of course, yes, I'm ready to go. And I go, well, Brooke, I am the needy one right now. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I never even thought about it like that. And I was like, you know, I was like, I would love to be able to help, but I'm trying to figure out how to survive right now. And one of the reasons why she is still one of my dear friends after preschool is hung up the phone Two days later, she called, and she said, guess what? And I was like, what? She was like, I got an idea. I'm starting a nonprofit with BWP Cares, which is Bootler, Wooten, and Peak. They're attorneys. She knew how to just get that 501c3 pushed on through, and she said, I'm taking donations, and I'm going to be able to pay you to feed the health care workers. It's a win-win, and I was like, boom, let's go. So it was, it did 100% help us sustain and keep our employees working in the kitchen because at that point she was getting, you know, a lot of donations and she was calling and we were working out prices on how we could feed, you know, different units on the, on the floors at all the different hospitals. Uh, but again, that's also one of those things in, you know, not to speak for her, but I can tell you now, Bootler, Wooten, Butler, Butler, Wooten, and Peak, BWP Cares, it, you know, people come in and they show up and then it goes away. And the 
COVID has not gone away. It's still here, you know, and she's still searching oh, for donations. She, well, and, and she's still giving out and she's meals. she's still giving out meals. I was at the... But you I have was, to have that support. Yeah, and she, she apparently is still getting some of it. And BWP Cares, you can go to their website, just Google it, and yep. it'll show up. It, you know, I saw where somebody sent epic meals yep. to nurses that had taken care of one of their family members at Piedmont. Right. But she was at the vaccination clinic at the Civic Center with 125 bags of barbecue. Right. I mean, right. you know, and it's not just your restaurant. I mean, it's, barbecue, oh, it's, the 20, 25 or it's 30. It's all over Georgia. She's serving Savannah and Atlanta and wow. Columbus. Wow. Um, you know, she's done really, really good things. I'm super proud for her. Shout out to Brooke Peak. She did a really good job with that. This pandemic really has been something that has just has made people. God, I hate this cliche, but I'll say it anyway. Think outside the box. BWP Cares was an example of that. You know, y'all, what y'all were doing is an example example of thinking outside the box. But when you look, y'all weren't in this alone. I mean, every restaurant owner in the city and most of them in this country were in the same boat, right? Correct. And Trevor and I, we stay in contact at least once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, you know, we'll call and say, we just got killed tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are y'all okay? And we're like, yep, we're okay. We're, you know, we're good. We're going to, we're going to hang in this together. And it's funny because there are nights that everyone in Columbus goes out to dinner, right? And then the next day, it's dead everywhere. Zero. Right? And and they're, I mean, I'm pretty much in Midland, and you're in the heart of downtown, and they're the same nights all the time, right? <laughs> it's hey, like they call them. Did right y'all get rocked on Wednesday? Yeah, we did. Sure did. When nobody right? has us. What ha is it the moon? <laughs> that, don't like, know. changes or the tides or something? That has to make ordering from Cisco or U.S. Foods a <laughs> yes, very tricky proposition. Yes, well, not only that, but your staff. You know, I mean, yeah. my staff has heard me say a thousand times, I understand that we just, you just tried to run a marathon and you haven't even ran a mile. You know, um, they're worn out. They are beat down and they're just, you know, I mean, it's literally, I mean, it's physical. I'm not in the kitchen like Trevor is. I, my, my gig is on the front. So all I can do is just sympathize and sit in the expo window and with just the, with cheer the air them along. She's out front with the air conditioner. <laughs> yeah. So is it get hot over that grill, man? <laughs> yeah, especially whenever you've got like 30 tickets, you know, 15 to-go orders and 15 yeah. in-house orders, and you're like, which one do I work first? Mm. Which one do I work, you know? it's. And for us, it was a little confusing um, with the health department, right? I have a 93 on the north side right now. I've never had less than like a 99. I have a 93 because, and no offense to the health department, but we all had masks on, right? Not beard nets. <laughs> so, so I was like, which one do we do? I mean, there's the, the national government, right? And then there's you, and you're saying, no, no masks, beard nets. And so what do we do? Um, I know what I would do, but it probably wouldn't have been good. <laughs> yeah. So now you're supposed to wear two masks. So I, we get it now. So beard net and then mask, right? 
So um, if people see your folks looking kind of strange, <laughs> they, they can blame the health department, yeah. right? But, you know, it's 130 degrees over a grill back there, or, you know, um, we don't have fryers in either of our restaurants, but um, so it's all, it's either a grill or fresh saute, right? So there's a lot of fire everywhere. There's fire everywhere and, and knives, right? Uh, so. You you were trying to keep two, three downtown restaurants. And your crazy self was opening one. I mean, you opened a in Buddy Nelms, who would kill me. He, he hated when I used this term in the newspaper business, a high-end restaurant. Don't ever call it a high-end restaurant. You just ran off half my customers. But you opened a very nice restaurant on Front Avenue in downtown Columbus in the middle of a pandemic. Who does that? Crazy people. I mean, so in our defense, we had signed the lease a year earlier. and started, So you were already obligated. Started construction a year earlier. Um, and, and it was, you, you can't not open the restaurant. I mean, you're the guys on the paperwork. <laughs> and, and it's kind of like, you know, you're just driving into a tunnel and you don't see a hole at the end. You're just driving into a black hole, right? So will this ever happen? Will it ever? And then we were just, it was like time to open, but who's going to show up, you know? So it was, it was a big, big old risk and a lot, a lot of money and scary, um, W.C. Bradley is our landlord. The Trevioli's at the Rapids is yeah. what it's called. And um, I got to say, some of the coolest guys I've ever met. Um, and and uh, I'm, I'm not from Columbus. I didn't know much about W.C. Bradley until I got into, um, into this. Uh, but, you know, how can we help? Y'all need a couple months of rent taken care of, you know, what What can we do COVID-friendly to help you guys out? Just the whole way. And we kept pushing it back, pushing it back. That's cool. It's cool. You know, just let's get it done. And now the in Hotel Indigo has opened across the mm -hmm. park from you, literally a half-a-minute walk. So how is Trevioli's at the Rapids doing? Well, I think that, and like we were talking about earlier, um, it happens to everyone, right? It happens to everyone on the same day. And I don't, I'm pretty sure it was the same for you. But Valentine's Day hit, and it was, we were good, right? Now, my weeks are still slow. But every weekend, you just hold, hold on, right? Uh, and, and the biggest issue for us is, is staffing. You know, it's, it's, it's um, it, we're, we're flying now. And we were just crawling a minute ago, you know, on the weekends, you just, you do quadruple the sales you do or five times the sales you do on a Monday or Tuesday. <clears throat> what is the staffing issue? You're going to let me take that one. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that. You know, most of our staff is just trying to figure out where they fit in to the puzzle. 
You know, I mean, it's a whole new world out there for everyone. It's a whole new world for schools and restaurants and corporations. Mm. And a lot of your folks are students, right? A lot of our folks are students, um, you know, and it's it's rough work. I mean, it's not this is not walking into an air conditioned office every day. It's rough work, especially whenever you're not conditioned. You know, and it's, I go back to my analogy of running a marathon whenever you haven't even ran a mile, and that's rough, you know. I mean, and you're, why why do they want to come and run that marathon whenever they can either, you know, take a check and sit at home and not be a productive citizen to society? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I hate to say that like that, but, And and also, the, the industry itself is, it's old school. You know, it's it's a lot of hard work, yeah. uh, and and I, I I'm still learning about this younger generation. <laughs> this, I mean, we kind of we don't we haven't figured out the millennials. I guess I'm technically a millennial, right? How old are you, Trevor? Thirty six. Um, but Dylan's sitting here at nineteen. <laughs> so, so um, some of my hardest workers are eighteen, nineteen years old, but. This ain't their career. You know, this is a short time. And so you don't have a lot of career servers, career cooks anymore that are trying to work their way up through the ranks and stuff like that. Not a lot of, how can I be better at this job? How can I do this better? What, you know, what can I do to, you know, um, it's it's kind of a, a dying career. It is. Um, and, and so getting people to stick around is tough. A lot of the servers, the the waiters and waitresses, are there for the money, right? I mean, you were saying they're making Absolutely. 30 thirty plus an hour. Yep. The good, the ones that are really good and know how to turn tables mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so, I mean, there's a financial incentive to do this. Yeah, and even you know, you don't even have to turn tables. I mean, it's it's. So our average check time downtown is about two hours, right? How good? That's a movie. Yeah. So I've kind of focused to, we're not a turn and burn restaurant, right? How good of service can you give? Because people are tipping you on your service, right? How how good can we be in the kitchen? Uh, and, And what I'm learning about, especially this younger generation, is they don't eat out as much. They don't go sit down as much to eat. Um, they they save their money for travel, right? And when they do... Electronics. Yeah. <laughs> but the experiences they want are these epic experiences, right? Not the restaurant, but you guys use that word a lot, epic. So <laughs> we want everything to be amazing when we do it. If we're going to spend 150 bucks on dinner, it's got to be blow your socks off, right? And, you know, it's... Not that we aren't amazing, but it's always a it's a constant struggle. constant struggle to be amazing yeah. all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, and why would they, you know, I mean, all the news, no offense, is telling everyone is restaurants are dead, restaurants are dying, don't yeah. go eat at a restaurant. So, I mean, if I were someone that didn't own a restaurant and I had a family to feed, where do you think I would go? What do you think I would do? I would get out of the restaurant industry, and I would go someplace else, and that's what we're seeing. 
And, you know, and, and my staff's defense, we have a really, really, really awesome core group that has been there, still there, and, you know, but they're getting tired, you know, because it's they're working double after double after double. Whenever I say double for people that don't know the restaurant industry, that's coming in at, you know, 30, 10 o'clock in the morning, and that's not leaving until 30, 10 o'clock at night. You know, you get a little bit of a break every now and again, but, you know. And that's a long day. It's a long day, and you're on your feet. You're not sitting at a desk. And, you know, people talk about how easy it is and all this stuff, and you're on point. You're in front of your customer that your entire salary depends on that customer, at least the server. You know, and then you've got the kitchen that they're in the back and, you know. <clears throat> They're standing over fire all day <laughs> with a mask on, you know. So it's, you know, it's, it's rough for them. And we're still pivoting and trying to figure out, you know, what to do to keep the staff happy and to not wear them out and to let them enjoy their job. You know, I mean, that's one thing that I can tell you. One of the reasons why I'm in the business is I love it. I love I love going out to dinner. I love being in a restaurant. I don't like takeout. Anybody that knows me knows I don't take like takeout. If you've seen Vertigo or The Black Cow, for sure, it's a dine-in experience. The Black Cow, and this may or may not be a fair assessment, but I've eaten there a lot over the years. The Black Cow has a heavy military clientele. Yeah, and then there's no graduations. That it, Okay. And then and then you see a Facebook post that says don't go eat in downtown restaurants speaking to the soldiers. Signed commanding general. <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, okay. All right. Pivot. Pivot." Yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and it's nobody's fault. I mean, everybody's just trying to protect everybody. It's not like it's a vindictive thing, but it's it's, you know, you know it is. Don't go what harm yourself. You know, don't go harm yourself. Don't go yeah. spread this virus. Don't go to the gym downtown. Yeah. I mean that. Don't go to the gym that helps your mental health every yeah. day. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and we we built Trevioli at the Rapids, um, for the not for the sole fact, but a, a big thing for us was all of the international travel coming into Columbus, Tesis, Aflac. Right, uh, <laughs> these other places, and then everyone went home. Hello. What we, we're, we can throw rocks at Tesis, right, from where we're at, and, and not hit anybody. Was it ten thousand people were working there? Everyone went home, right? Bye bye. That was your lunch business. A hundred percent our lunch business. And then living above us, primarily military, so you've got three hundred apartments above you, and they can't come eat. <laughs> and Tesis went home. They were picking up takeout from you, though, weren't they? A little bit. I mean, the Northside restaurant takeout increased by a million percent. I mean, I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars in takeout in 2020. Downtown, um, it's a little more bougie, right? <laughs> I pronounced that right. Um, bougie. It's really hard to... <laughs> I don't it's, think my clientele is bougie. It, no, but <laughs> no, you are but, bougie. <laughs> so, so we have this chef. He does an amazing job, right? And then him, him and I collaborate together. But it's not 
put in a box right. food. It's, it, it's you know, your your little fennel fronds are going to wilt in this box, right? And you're not getting that epic experience. That I mean, I need to change that word. You're that, you're, that, you're that you're, amazing experience amazing. in this box. You don't use, own epic, yes, right? I can't charge you twenty eight dollars for this. But if it was in the restaurant and it came out and there's a big plate and angels are singing and stuff, there's the twenty eight dollars. And right? it's your anniversary. Yeah. Yes. yes. So. Well, and I'm sure you probably experienced a little bit of like what we experienced too. And God bless the regular customer that orders a waffle to go. Chicken and waffles today. Yes. I'm like, can we just 86 that off the to-go? That is not something you want to order to-go. I they mean, get, our chicken and waffles they is get the mushy. They get mushy. It's going to be, and then with the day of social media, it's, your chicken, your waffle was smushy. Your waffle, yeah. and I, it's just like, well, you got it to-go. And I don't know how long it took you to get home yeah. and get that. I mean, it's just been so many different things. Punch, punch, punch. For a year. I For mean, a whole year. Yep. And the foodie side of you goes, I'm not going to put preservatives in this, right? I'm not going to cheapen this up because it's going in a box and it's going to melt. Because we're foodies. I mean, this is we love this stuff, right? I, A big fresh piece of tuna, right? There's so many millions of things you can do with this. Don't put it in a box. Mm-mm. Right? It looks horrible in a box. <laughs> yes. There's nothing you can do to make yes. it look good so, in a box. Not one thing. So we had to change our mindsets about what are you doing? What are we doing? You ought to have been in the news business. I mean, <laughs> I mean, everybody's mindset changed. Students, your kids' mindset changed. They aren't going to the schools. They're sitting there looking right. at crazy mama trying to teach them oh, in yeah. my business. If I hear one of my children ask to go to CRC, which is, you know, the online learning one more time. I'm like, that is not going to happen. You are going to school to learn. <laughs> now, Hudson, that is what it's there for. Hudson loves school. How old is your son? He's five. So he's getting ready to start pre-K next year. Then. No, he was in pre-K last year. It's okay. And let me give you some, like, background history on my son. He's an angel, first of all. He's exactly like me. But, <laughs> but... Pre-K was a new world for him, right? <clears throat> and He rides four-wheelers and stuff. He does. We go fishing, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. But um, the principal called me into school, and she said, um, he called me and my wife, and I don't know that Hudson's ready for school yet, right? And we were like, what is going on? Well, he improperly used the urinal, and um, he was streaking, Right? And I'm like, he's four. He's four. She said, yeah, but this is school, right? And so um, we had to work on that. Well, then it was not too far after that that he's yours. (laughs) There's no more school right now, right? And so now it's me and the wife in the restaurant, and he's streaking and using the urinals the wrong way. right? So Once again. Yes. Uh, And so God bless the teachers. Right. Seriously. Um, Oh, I tell you what, that's I've I've got two daughters that are teachers, and they're God bless. It's rough. I, it I, is. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. When is there anything either one of y'all would have done differently one year ago today if you had known what was coming? Besides, not get in the restaurant industry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. 
<laughs> I'll tell you, I would have I would have bought some um, game stock. Stock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I bought infrared, uh, you know, yes. like germ. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 I don't think I could ever walk away from this. And if I did, I would be so unhappy. It, you know, it, it's one of those, it's, 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 the restaurant is, is kind of like a, a drug. You know, it's not good for you to, to work in the restaurant business. You know, my schedule is, Minimum 12, 14 hours a day, six days a week. Y'all yeah. both feel guilty not being in there right now. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, your dishes are piling up right now. It's in my hair. <laughs> the grease is in my hair. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I tried construction. I, I don't think I could do anything else ever. Yeah. it's. I mean, I know I couldn't do anything else other than this. I'm a new right. guy. It's just what I do. and. I did spend one summer working for the Alabama Highway Department cleaning up roadkill along US 82. So, uh, so right. you could have worse jobs. You're also in the food business. Yeah, there you go. Right. That was Alabama, right? Right. I'm Possibly, just kidding. Maybe. I'm just I want to ask this, and, and I'll ask it carefully. Y'all been very open through this whole conversation. How hard has this been on your families? Yeah, so um, I think that my my family, like, understands me enough to know that I'm not going to let anything fail. So... At least I think they understand. I'm sure probably, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, I'm sure my children will both have, like, some type of trauma from it or yeah. something. But, um, you know, it's um, – I mean, it's affected the family just, you know, from the stress level that I bring home, clearly, because it's rough to, you know, to leave it at the restaurant. Um, but, you know, I just try my best <clears throat> to still be there for – my children and you know i'm sure the yeah. schools probably have a couple of questions for me yeah. <laughs> but we've all seen family other families that have struggled too i mean some people have handled this have not handled this as well i mean there have been a lot of personal tragedies out of this clearly yeah yeah um i think that my marriage has gotten stronger um through a lot of grief uh, we worked together. It wasn't like she had a job doing it. I mean, if she worked at Lowe's, you know what I mean? They were killing it. Um, no, we worked together. What's your day. wife's name? Brandy. And you and Brandy been married how long? <sighs> Ten years this year. And your marriage got your marriage got stronger in COVID. Yeah, I mean we. I mean we were together a hundred, hundred and twenty hours a week, right? Um, and a lot of a lot of bare truths came out. You know what I mean. <laughs> and we saw each other at the at the, you know, standing at the cliff. Like, yeah. What's now for the rest of my family? I mean, I've cut everybody off. Um, just because I've gotten to that point of I'm not taking any more BS. You guys, you know, love y'all, but I don't have time for any other stress. <laughs> Out of anything else besides my wife, he's my queen, my son, and my job, right? 
um, and there's no other space for it for anyone. I heard somebody describe that the other day is they don't have any more bandwidth width for extra. Absolutely. Drama. That it's it's everything is what it is. Yep. Um what's the next year gonna look like? For me, I would hope to get back to whatever normal is going to be. Um I would hope that my little restaurant family that left, we divorced, <clears throat> parted ways because of COVID. I hope that they feel confident enough to come back to what they really love. Um, and I hope, my hope and prayer is that we can get back to some type of normalcy and provide the Columbus, Georgia community with nourishment. And that's what we love to do and serve them my personal favorite is whenever I see them in the restaurant, you know, not on the curbside, taking them a plastic box full of whatever. I don't know what it's going to look like whenever they get it home, you know. Um, I want to see the faces in the restaurants and happy to be there. What about you, Trevor? I'm going fishing. <laughs> Are you going to cook it? <laughs> when you catch it? Uh, it, it was just so much stress, right? Um, and and I've learned that I used to stress over such little things, you know, and, and I found myself out in the yard last summer with nothing to do. So I built a chicken coop, right? Um, and I sat there thinking, you know, I used to get all upset about Yelp reviews, you know, um, if we survived this, I can go fishing. Wow. I'm going to turn the tables now. This is something I've done the previous two, and you can't ask about hip-hop. That's the only thing that's off the, rec off the table. But <laughs> I'm going to turn the tables and let y'all ask me a question, and I'm okay, I think, with Trevor. I'm scared to death of you, Stephanie. Okay, I'll start with Trevor. Yeah, anything you want to ask me? Um, you're married to Kathy Williams. <laughs> I am. I am. And she's going to be a podcast guest. Shout out, Miss Kathy. Um, she did something huge for us years ago, and it was, it was a simple Facebook post. Um, but that time was around the time that my restaurant turned into not just a little storage unit. Um, and I don't keep up with all of her, <coughs> all of her stuff, but how proud of you are you of your wife? Incredibly. I, all you have to do is drive down 4th Avenue right now and see what NeighborWorks Columbus is doing near Fox Elementary School, and they're building 21 or more new houses and rehabbing a whole block, a place we used to go to cover murders. We yeah. now have families living in it, and that's how proud I am of her. And I'm, she's, she's, she's a great mom. She's the best grandmom I've ever seen. So, yep, I'm proud of her. <laughs> okay. Okay. He kind of stole my thunder. You let him go first, Sorry. man. <laughs> Sorry. Hang. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't Kathy. expecting that. 
I'm woman, hear me roar, love Miss Kathy. So let me think about a question. How has COVID affected, you know, affected you in the, in the news industry? We were talking about this the other day. About February the 5th, a month before it hit, we were in the conference table down there, and Gene Kirkconnell, our news director, started talking crazy. I thought he had been day drinking. He started talking about how you think about how you're going to interview people when you can't touch them for a mic. Think about how you're going to get your stories in here when you can't come in the building. And I was like, what's he talking about? It all happened. Every bit of that. I mean, I was using Scott Restmeyer, who y'all both know, countries. I interviewed Scott with a mic on the end of a coat hanger. And I remember during it, that. It, out there at countries. I mean, you know, so everything changed. I mean, I learned I work with amazing people. I knew that already. But I learned I work with people that were resilient and people that were de dealing with their own stuff. There was so much stuff in this. You, you can't, I mean, you know, we've just unpacked one industry, albeit one that got hit, the, I would think, the hardest. But talk to somebody that was a flight attendant talk to somebody you know who's working in thesis or aflac that all of a sudden they're at home i mean we all changed everybody changed and my prayer my real sincere prayer is that when this is done when this is said and done and everybody's vaccinated or whatever it looks like that we're better that we're better for it that we're better people, that we're a better news station, that we're a better country. That's what I hope and pray. And and I think we, you can't go through this in the news industry and not be better. And just like you can't go through what y'all went through, right? And not be better. Um. So Dylan, you're gonna help me wrap this up. How how do we get out of this? Right, next we're gonna subscribe. So. Okay. Okay, so first thing we're going to do is tell you how you can subscribe. You can go to the Chuck Williams Show streaming on WRBL.com every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern. You can watch the replay the next day on our website. And coming soon, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, and Audible. You can get it at all the usual place, places. Now the social media part. This is the part where you realize that Chuck's not really – figured this all out but you can get me on facebook at chuck williams you can get me at chuck williams wrbl on facebook you can get me on um instagram at chuck williams 0999 and you can get me at twitter on just plain old chuck williams been there since 2008 so want to thank y'all so much for being here and you know Y'all have been y'all been amazing y'all been amazing guests. This has been an amazing conversation, and you know what I want to do is leave everybody with with one thought, and it's kind of what I've been saying constantly through this, and it's be safe, but above all, be kind because you don't know what the person you're dealing with, you don't know what's in their suitcase. So be safe and be kind, friends, and thank you for listening to the Chuck Williams Show. <laughs>